Hi, this is Jim Lobato, and I'm president and founder of a company called Performance Group. You're listening to the podcast version of a program that originally aired on the BizTalk radio show. I started BizTalk so you'd have access to today's leading experts about growing your company and yourself. BizTalk is produced by Performance Group. At Performance Group, we work at the front end of a company's revenue stream. We find the salespeople who generate the revenue, and we provide onboarding programs that get them doing that sooner. Our passion is aligning talent with opportunity. That's why we're known as a Salesforce development company. Enjoy the program. On our program today is Wendy Weiss, the queen of cold calling. She is an author, speaker, and sales trainer. She is recognized as one of the leading authorities on lead generation, cold calling, and new business development. Wendy, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here today. I'm excited to have you on the program because one of the things I've noticed in working with our clients, it seems to be almost impossible to get salespeople to pick up what I call the 1,000-pound phone, that phone where they have to pick up and, and call into companies, especially when they're companies that they're not known. And you come along and you specialize in cold calling. So my, my first question I have for you today is this. Cold calling almost denotes something of the past, something maybe we did 10 or 15 years ago, because a lot of the discussion recently has been a, uh, don't do cold calling, uh, warm up your calls, maybe send an email, send a text. But you go right into your book, The Sales Winner's Handbook, which is essential scripts and strategies to skyrocket sales performance, that you really should be picking up the phone and talking to prospects. So why is it so valid today? Great question, and thank you so much for asking it. Uh, first, I'll say that the bottom line is that no matter where one finds a lead, Ultimately, you do need to talk to people on the telephone. And there are actually only four ways that one can generate a lead. The first is through marketing. That could be online, through email, direct mail. There are a lot of different ways one can market. And when it works, the prospects pick up the phone and they call you. And that's always great when that happens. The second way is through referrals that you go to existing customers or your circle of influence and you ask them to facilitate introductions to other people that might have a need of whatever it is you're selling. Great way to generate leads and build a pipeline. The third way is through networking and that might be face-to-face -face networking where you're going to networking meetings, the Chamber of Commerce, trade shows, conferences, or maybe you're networking online through social media like LinkedIn or Facebook. Again, another good way to build a pipeline. And then the fourth way is through cold calling, that you uh, target the companies that you're interested in introducing yourself to, and you pick up the phone, and you call them, and you introduce yourself. Now, here's the thing. The first three methods that I mentioned are essentially passive marketing referrals, and networking. They're essentially passive in that once you undertake that activity, you have to wait for somebody else to do something. So if your company is doing some marketing, you have to wait for the prospect to call you. If uh, you're looking to generate referrals, well, you have to wait for that customer to facilitate an introduction. If you are uh, networking, Again, you're, it's kind of the same thing as with referrals because when you're networking, you hardly ever directly meet the person you want to meet. You usually meet people 
that know the people that you want to meet. And so, again, you're in this position of waiting for somebody else to facilitate an introduction. Cold calling is very direct. You target that company that you're interested in introducing yourself to, and you pick up the phone and you do it. It's actually the only way. Uh, it's, It's the only appointment generating or opportunity generating uh, activity that is directly under your control. And it's the only way to make up the difference between the number of opportunities or number of leads that you are finding through marketing, referrals, and networking, and the number of leads or opportunities that you actually need to hit whatever revenue number you're looking to hit. So the issue today actually is not that cold calling is outmoded. The issue is that it has changed and that most people do it really badly, and that's why it doesn't work for them. Okay. Well, thanks for putting that in context. I never thought of those four channels you can do to generate leads and three of them being passive. I think that puts it in very good context. So let's go with that then. So you say it's changed. How has it changed? Wow, there's so many ways that it has changed. First of all, uh, in the old days, we didn't have a lot of information about prospects. And so today, there's a wealth of information about prospects. And uh, the first thing that you've got to do before you ever get on the phone is do your homework and put together a very targeted list out of everybody in the entire world that might possibly buy something from you, who are the most likely to buy from you? Who are the most likely to come back and buy a whole lot more? And so there's some upfront work that needs to be done before you ever get on the phone. Um, The other thing is that it is very difficult to get people on the phone today. And because of that, you need to be highly skilled and you need to be very strategic. And that's actually one of the reasons that I wrote the Sales Winner's Handbook. Uh, The old cold calling is a numbers game, smile and dial, uh, dial the phone 100 times a day, and eventually somebody's going to say yes to you. That just doesn't work anymore. So you you need to be strategic and you also need to be very skilled with messaging so that when you get somebody on the phone, You have something compelling to say to them, and you have some compelling voicemails that you can leave that will get the prospect to call you back, and that you have some compelling emails that you can send that will get the prospect to respond. Wendy, I can tell you've given a lot of thought to this. So how could you become more strategic in terms of uh, calling out to companies? Okay. A couple of things. First of all, the, the list issue is really crucial. Jim, I can't tell you uh, how many clients I've worked with over the years that, that come to me because they're really spinning their wheels. Uh, they're almost opening up the phone book and just calling anybody, and they're not having any success. So that list is crucial. The next level is the skill of the person that's making the call. And so, uh, again, there's upfront work that needs to be done. One of the questions that I get asked all the time, people send me emails through my website, queenofcoldcalling.com, and they'll say, uh, Wendy, is there a good generic script that I can use 
to set an appointment, or is there a good generic script that I can use to get the attention of my prospect? And I always email them back. I say, no, there's no such thing as a generic script. What you say has to be relevant to the person that you say it to. And if everybody that you talk to screams at you and hangs up the phone, what you are saying is not working. People don't think about it that way. <laughs> but that, that's the bottom line. If everybody that you talk to says, I'm not interested, that means you're not saying anything interesting. So there's some upfront work that needs to be done to, to figure out what's going to be compelling to the market that you're talking to. Uh, in addition today, I'm always surprised um, sometimes really big companies that aren't doing anything to track what their teams are doing. And it's really important uh, to have metrics because uh, I believe it was Peter Drucker said what is, what's measured can be improved. But if you have no idea of what's being done, it's very difficult to improve it. So what I hear, Wendy, is really two issues. One is on the company side that, like you said, they're just calling into the uh, calling into the uh, yellow pages, as it were, right? And uh, without really thought behind what segment of the market they can go after. And, and, and so if the list is bad, we're also giving it to our sales professionals, which may be not as skilled as they need to be, given the fact that getting a hold of prospects is a little bit tougher today in terms of getting them on the phone. Yes. The most skilled prospector in the entire world with a bad list is not really going to get anywhere. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Let's pretend that um, we have the right list, uh, and let's pretend that our people are um, competent enough to be, be on the phone. I've also noticed there seems to be some resistance, and this could be generational, meaning the younger generation of salespeople versus somebody, let's say, over the age of 45 that's still selling, that uh, they're resistant to even pick up the phone. They'd rather email or text. So does email fit into this? Uh, is, it a, is it a way of reaching out to people? Is it kind of the new way of contacting people? Is it as effective as being on the phone? Email is certainly a part of reaching out to prospects. It's a very important part of reaching out to prospects. Uh, from the email, you're going to go to a telephone conversation. Everything leads to a conversation on the phone. I think, I think you're right that that's something that people today don't understand. But the likelihood of sending an email to a prospect who then responds saying, yes, I'm going to hire you, and just doing that cold and having that happen, that's, that's not a likely scenario. What you're trying to do is generate an in-depth conversation. And so even if you're using email, which you should be using, or social media, which you should be using, the idea is to get that prospect into a conversation. Get them engaged. Get them engaged. And that, uh, that's a big mistake that I see with social media. The idea with social media is to get prospects out of social media. I'm a big movie buff. And one of the movies I like is The Godfather. And oh, yes. one time I had a chance to buy uh, the script, the actual script they used in the uh, movie. I, so I turned the movie on, right? And I have the script in front of me. 
And I'm, I'm reading the script and watching that movie and listening to it. And, and this is going to sound like, okay, gosh, you didn't know this. But everything that's on that script is obviously verbatim on the movie. Every pause. And if you've seen the movie, obviously there's a lot of great actors in there. And you start to believe that those actors really are those characters. What I took away from that is these people are following a script and they make it sound so natural. It's part of the, you know, Al Pacino playing Michael Corleone just appeared to be so natural. Yet everything he said is scripted out and it's right in front of you. But when we go to sales professionals and then say, hey, you know, professional people have scripts. There's a lot of resistance to this. Well, I don't want to sound canned. I don't want to do this. Uh, I, uh, uh, I, I really can't follow a script. I'm more of a winget type person. So what do you say to our sales professionals that, hey, you know what? In most professions, you're following a script and probably to some extent, uh, they're following the script and don't even know it. Exactly, Jim. They are following a script and they don't even know it. And, and it may not be a good script, by the way. <laughs> exactly. The question is not, should I use the script? The question is, does my script work? Oh, okay. And again, if people are screaming at you and hanging up the phone, your script doesn't work. Uh, the but does, do you do think, Wendy, how do you, okay, it's obvious when you say that, when you're working with somebody, how do you get them to realize that, they actually are do, using a script, and, and, and their script probably, quite honestly, isn't that good. How do you get them to realize that? Well, step one is I'll say to my client that is resistant to using a script, uh, do you have an elevator speech? How do you usually introduce yourself? And they'll tell me, that's a script. I'll, t- I'll ask them, do you have certain questions that you hear over and over again? And they'll say, yeah, yeah, and they'll tell me. And I'll say, well, how do you answer those questions? And they'll tell me. And I'll say to them, well, that's a script. Are there certain objections that you hear over and over again? And they'll say, yes. And I'll say, well, how do you respond to those objections? And they'll tell me. And I'll say, that's a script. Your script doesn't have to be written down. If you're pretty much saying the same thing over and over and over again, that's a script. All salespeople use scripts. So the issue is really, does what you are saying when you introduce yourself to a prospect, does that catch their attention and are they willing to engage with you or not? If they ask you a question or have an objection, are you able to answer it in such a way that it moves the conversation forward? Or does the prospect say, I'm not interested and hang up? The other issue then that people run into is this issue of voicemail. First of all, do I leave a voicemail? Do I not? Because the impression that most salespeople have today is that prospects can hide behind voicemails. So what is your advice on using voicemail today? Okay, another great question. Uh, if you had asked me this a few years ago, I would have said hang up and call somebody else. But it's gotten harder and harder to reach people directly. And so it, today it makes sense to make a voicemail. And, again, you have to be very strategic here. The chances of somebody calling you back when you leave them one voicemail, pretty minimal. It might happen, but that's not the most usual experience that you leave one voicemail and somebody's going to call you back. We've had a lot of success with clients doing voicemail campaigns. 
where you leave a series of messages over time. And you do this in conjunction with email. And by the way, this whole process is outlined in the Sales Winner's Handbook. But the, the way it works is this. Uh, usually we do a four or maybe a five call campaign. You call your prospect for the first time. If you're not able to reach the prospect directly, you leave voicemail number one, which focuses in some way on how you help your customers or your product or your service helps customers. If you've got an email address, you also send an email at the same time. You wait three to five business days. If you haven't heard back from the prospect, you call them again. If you get voicemail, you leave voicemail number two. Voicemail number two is different from number one. It still focuses on how you help customers, but it is a different message. And, of course, if you've got that email address, you send along an email. You wait three to five business days. If you haven't heard back from the prospect, you call them again. If you get voicemail, you leave voicemail number three. Voicemail number three is different from one and two. Still focuses on how you help your customers, but it is a different message. And then, of course, if you've got that email address, you send along the email. So let's say we're doing a four-call campaign. The last message is always the move-on message. That's what it's called. And it goes something like this. You call your prospect. If you get voicemail on that last call, uh, the message goes something like this. I've been trying to reach you for some time to discuss, fill in the blank with whatever it is you wanted to talk about. I haven't heard back from you, and I know you're really busy. So I'm assuming this isn't a good time for us to have this conversation. If you've been meaning to get back to me and haven't had the chance, I'd welcome the opportunity to discuss, fill in the blank with whatever it is that you want to talk about. And you send essentially the same message in an email if you've got the email address. This is actually the most returned message. If you have left really compelling messages and then and you've targeted well, and then you leave this message saying you're not going to call back again, and also you can say, I'll check back with you in six months or I'll check back with you in three months. You can name a time frame to get back to them. Uh, this is actually the most returned message because there are people that are in the market today for whatever it is you're selling. They've been meaning to call you back. And when you say, I won't be calling you again, your name moves up to the top of their list or closer to the top because they've been meaning to call you back. Uh, also, people that maybe they're not in the market today, but they know at some point they will be, they'll call you back as well. And if you don't hear from that prospect but you still think they're a likely possibility because you've targeted well, then you take that name and you recycle it in three months or six months or a year and you try them again. And we have found doing this kind of campaign works very well to get a percentage of prospects to return phone calls. And just listening to you, Wendy, it doesn't sound as daunting as doing cold calling. You know, following your program doesn't seem you're just following a process now. You follow a process. That's something. You know, companies have processes for everything, except for prospecting. Oh. And for some reason, when it comes to prospecting, they say to the sales reps, "Go make some phone calls. Yeah. Go get them. <laughs> Go get them." Yet, if as managers 
or business owners, if we can lay out a process for our sales reps and say, okay, this is step one, and this is step two, and this is step three, and you need to follow the steps, it actually it makes it so much easier, and they're much more likely uh, to be able to follow through. Because when you say to somebody, go make some phone calls, you're actually saying to them, Make decisions on what you're going to say when you get the prospect. Make decisions on what you're going to say in voicemails. Make decisions on how many times you're going to call any prospect. Uh, make decisions on whether or not you're going to send them an email. Make a decision on what the email is going to say. Make a decision on what to do if you don't hear back from the prospect. Make a decision about what to do with that prospect if you never get them on the phone. There's this whole series of decisions that need to be made. And somebody that is highly skilled and that's been doing it for years, they're probably capable of making all those decisions. But if you've got a new hire or somebody that's struggling, they're not. And in listening to you, we're also assuming that that manager would know how to do what you just described. Well, there, there is that, too. Yeah, because chances are they probably weren't trained on this also. Well, they were probably told, go make some phone calls, some phone and call. they either were successful at it or not. Yeah. But even if they were successful on it, if, if they were successful 10 years ago or even five years ago and they're not making calls now, Things have really changed. Thank you for that, by the way. I think that's very good insight to why uh, our prospecting efforts probably aren't as fruitful as they could be. So let's talk a little bit about the individual, our sales professional. There seems to be, or maybe we just run into a lot, a lot of call reluctance. Someone doesn't want to pick up that 1,000-pound phone because they might be fearful of something. So how do you work with individuals, or, or what do you tell people to help them get through that uh, fear of uh, uh, being nervous or talking to somebody they really don't have a relationship with? Wow, that's such a great question. And and there are two issues here. Uh, and one issue is the preparation, the, the skill, the process, which we've been talking about. And the other is the mindset. And lots of times the conversation about cold calling is always emotional when it comes to, the, to mindset. It's always love it or hate it, and there are a lot of myths about what cold calling is. For example, one very popular myth is that cold calling is about going through the nose and the hang-ups until somebody says yes to you. Well, who in their right mind wants to do that? I mean, that's really dumb. And then there's another myth. Uh, I had a conversation with a colleague recently, and we were talking about the skill in cold calling. And he said to me that he thought the skill in cold calling was in knowing what to say when the prospect says no to you. And so you have to get really good at rebuttals. Now, to me, that was horrifying because to me, the skill in cold calling is in knowing what to say so that the prospect says yes. And if you go into it with the idea that everybody is going to say no, that's very daunting. And... So what I say to my clients and to everybody that's listening to this interview, let's stop this emotional conversation. Nobody says that you have to love this. The opposite of hating to cold call is not loving to cold call. 
And there actually are people that enjoy it. I kind of think it's fun. There are, and there's other people that think it's kind of fun. But you don't have to love it. You want to get to neutral because you can function with a neutral mindset. You cannot function if you think it's about going through the nose and the hang-ups. If you think everybody that you call is going to scream at you and hang up the phone, it's going to be really hard to pick up the phone. If you simply think that you represent a product or a service that has great value and you are calling people that because you or your manager, somebody has done their homework, you have a pretty good idea that you're calling people that have a need of whatever it is you're selling, and you're going to call them and introduce yourself in this product or service, and that's pretty much it. If that's how you think about it, it's not that big a deal to pick up the phone and talk to prospects. And so it does require a shift in how people think about it. Wendy, you're with the president of the company today. The one piece of advice you're giving them about lead generation is what? The one piece of, of uh, advice that I would give them about lead generation is to put in place a comprehensive process that includes scripts, skills training for their people, a process. In, in other words, all those decisions we talked about earlier, how many times to call, leaving voicemails, et cetera, and something that tracks and measures what people are doing so that way you know what actually is working. Because if one of those pieces is missing, the list, the skill level, the process, and something that, that tracks and measures, if one of those elements is missing, the calling campaign, the lead generation campaign is probably not going to work well. Is there one question today I should have asked you that I haven't? Let's invite everybody uh, to download my new complimentary ebook, The Cold Calling Survival Guide. Oh, that would be great. So tell us, yeah. how, we, how would we do that? Okay. Uh, you can go to www.coldcalling911.com, and you can download The Cold Calling Survival Guide, and the subtitle is Start Making Appointments in the Next 24 Hours, coldcalling911.com. We're talking to Wendy Weiss, the queen of cold calling, her book, The Sales Winner's Handbook. Wendy, we, I know we just scratched the surface, and we can talk about this, uh, I think, for hours. So if people wanted to learn more about your services and wanted to learn more about uh, what you do, where would they go? They can go to queenofcoldcalling.com, and they can uh, look at The Sales Winner's Handbook at queenofcoldcalling.com. And they can contact me right through the website. One last question. How did Wendy get so comfortable doing this and to the point you've turned it into your profession? Well, you know, Jim, I was not supposed to be doing this. I, I was supposed to be a ballerina. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I moved to New York City uh, when I was a teenager. And I moved here to dance. And like every artist in New York City, eventually I needed a day job. And I got a job with a telemarketing company. They did a business-to-business appointment setting. And it turned out I was really good at it. So years later, when I started doing training, I went back to my initial training as a dancer. And when you are a dancer, the first thing that you do is you warm up because you don't want to hurt yourself. 
And you always rehearse because that's how you create the muscle memory that makes things automatic. And after you have warmed up and rehearsed, then and only then do you actually do your performance. So I went back and I created a program that is based on warming up, doing all the things you need to do so that you don't hurt yourself, rehearsing so that it becomes automatic, and then and only then you get on the telephone. That's great. Winnie, thanks for sharing that with our audience. My pleasure. This or other BizTalk podcast may be downloaded by visiting our website, biztalkradioshow.com, where you can subscribe to BizTalk through iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at BizTalk1040 and like us on Facebook. If you want to learn the strategies finding and getting performance out of A-player salespeople, contact Performance Group by calling 800-950-9509 or visit us on the web at pmgllc.net. This has been your host, Jim Lovato.